All right. Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Good. 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 Yeah, I'm still on. Hey, guys. hey, he's still on. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Hey, well, what an honor it is to, to be here um, to get to share with you. And man, I'm so thankful for this family that God has assembled and uh, excited to be in this journey together. And what an honor it is to be able just to bring to you a report of the church and how things are going and, and where things are going well, but also where are some things that we can lean, continue to lean into uh, together. I am going to just wanted to share, I am going to be sharing a, a lot of, of numbers and details and specifics. And I, before I do that, I want to just uh, set some, um, I think, expectations as to why. We're not a metrics or numbers or um, you know uh, you know measurement driven church, but rather um, I, I w- what I would like to say is that sometimes looking at the numbers and looking at the metrics can really help paint a picture and tell the story of the health of the body. So many of us, uh, you know, we go to the to the doctor for an annual checkup, and that checkup involves different tests, and and the doctor looking at us, and the, and those tests, and that that checkup has measurements that come with it, and the goal is not just to look at the number, but the goal is to actually get a picture of what's going on in the person physically, right? To get a snapshot of the health of that person. In the same way, today is like our annual checkup, just looking at the different metrics and numbers, um, because the our ultimate goal again is not to, to, to try to achieve a certain level of anything, but really our goal is to be healthy. We want to be a healthy body, healthy community. So um, I'm excited again to, to be able to bring some of these things uh, to us. The first slide I'd like to show us is uh, just our uh, overall church size and, and demographic breakdown. On the screen, you can see that we finished 2022 with uh, a regular attendance around uh, 765 people. And then you can see in the pie chart on how that those demographics are broken down um, within our community. Um, I wanted to highlight our families and our adults and empty nester uh, section of our community, as well as our youth and kids, that because those kind of all go together. That makes up the largest block of our church, and it's actually the fastest growing portion of our church. And so uh, in this year's budget, uh, we had, had to make some adjustments and accommodations to add some additional personnel to continue to accommodate the, the, those people coming in our doors, and we're so excited for them uh, to be joining our family. Um, but I wanted to, to highlight that. I also wanted to, to note that 765 represents about a 5.5% increase uh, in attendance year over year from 2021 to 2022. And that number could be probably categorized best as being more mild or um, uh, kind of conservative growth. And it wasn't exactly the growth that we were expecting and hoping for, uh, but still it's just trending in the right direction. The other thing on the screen that you can see is the percentage of our people that are currently uh, actively involved in life group. That's about 66%. And that's it within 31 life groups across our different zones. And uh, according to church statistics, that's actually an above average number. It's a healthy number. But actually, we as a community want to continue to to move closer to 80%. That's the target that we have as a community. We really believe the more that our people are connected to our small group communities and our small group ministries, the more that they're going to have relationship and connection with each other, the more that they are going to um, experience the the life-changing transformation that comes when you when you walk together with people. And all, uh, so what we are wanting to do as we move through this year is um, do a couple things to help move, that, move, move the needle on that number to really help bolster those, that small group or that life group participation number up closer to 80%. The first is really clarifying the goal of what life group is. Why do, what, what is the purpose of life group? And more and more what we are understanding and, and what we are really feeling the conviction around is that life group is really the disciple making vehicle of the church. It's the, it's the discipleship vehicle of the church. It's where disciples are made. It's where we actually can dive into God's word and actually walk with each other and living out and obeying his word and holding each other accountable to that. So more and more, we're going to be focusing our, our orienting our life groups around that focus um, in hopes that to create even more potent uh, small group gatherings that more people would want to join. The second thing I would say is from our connections and, and communication uh, teams, we're really working on how do we make our the vision of our life groups 
more clear, more apparent on Sunday? And how do we make, make next steps into our life groups easier and more user-friendly for people? Everybody in our church who wants to get connected to a group should be able to easily do that um, with the resources and the tools that we have available to us. And so we're really focusing on how to put that in your hands so that you can find a community, a small group community that, that works for you. And so we can see that number, again, draw closer uh, to the 80% number. The next slide I would love to show you is um, uh, just a few highlights from last year. The first is you can see that we had over 50 people declare Jesus as Lord through baptism. That is such an encouraging number to us. We have been in a season where we've described it as revival, where God is doing something significant and and life-changing in our community where lives are being restored and people are saying, I want to follow Jesus. And this is a, this is a picture of that. Those services uh, have been so beautiful and great to be a part of if you've been able to, uh, to be a part of those with us. If not, uh, we'd love for you to join us on Easter is when our next one is going to be. It's going to be another baptism bash and it's going to be, a, again, a great time celebrating as a family uh, together. Between last year and this year, we have over 90 students uh, in our discipleship schools, which is, again, is an amazing number. If you consider how intensive of a discipleship environment that is, that yes, to be able to say, I want to sign up for a year uh, of dedicated time to to seek the Lord with other people around me and and be in God's word and grow in character transformation, it's a a big undertaking. And so for that many people to do it is is very encouraging to us. Also, our discipleship graduates are really the pillars in our church. They lead and serve in so many different ways. And so we're excited about this number because it speaks of the, of the health of our community moving forward. You can see that um, just about 150 people within our, our community uh, engaged in the Great Commission by going in, on short-term trips last year. And that, that in and of itself is awesome. But what was very encouraging for us is that that was to nine different locations. And coming out of the pandemic and COVID where travel was restricted greatly, it, it was such a, a joy for us to be able to, again, bring the good news of Jesus to places and nations who have never heard of him and, and don't know of him. And so that was a, that's something to celebrate, uh, certainly. And finally, I'll, I'll share that um, according to our survey that we did in the fall, we have 57% of our community actively serving um, in, 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 our, in our body. And um, that's awesome. That's encouraging. Um, what I, uh, that, but you'll hear that the encouragement um, probably from someone who is serving. And so while I, eh, well, I'm encouraged by that number because it, it certainly has increased greatly after coming out of, of the pandemic and COVID. That number has gone up dramatically. I would love to see those digits actually flip-flop. Instead of 57, I would love to see 75% of our, of our community actively serving because I think it would speak to a couple things. One is, is this buy-in and vision and passion about what God is doing here among us, but also it would create greater longevity for our volunteer or our service ministry so that... Uh, because it would mitigate the need for for any one person to have to serve every single week. We have just a greater rhythm there. So that's something that we feel like we should be focusing on and something we want to give our attention to uh, here in 2023. The next slide I I want to to show you, um, and we're going to be transitioning now into the financials of the church. You can see on this slide is the the different revenue streams for our church and the two places of income um, from 2022. You can see our tithe income and our, our rental income and with a, a total of just under $1.726 million uh, that, that we were able to, to bring in as a church last year, which is actually a really encouraging number. I just want to first say thank you for your givenness and your buy-in and, and your contribution uh, to, to this community. We saw over $130,000 come in in the last week of the year because I th- what I we felt was that people recognized the need that was there, and they said, we want to help get us as, as close to, um, to our target as possible. This is also a really encouraging number when you consider that we only grew about 5.5% uh, as a church year over year and also in the face of inflation. So we were really encouraged. As you can see on the screen, however, we didn't quite meet um, our, our target, and we knew it was going to be a bit of a, of a stretch for us this year as we came into a new facility. There's increased increase cost um, to, provi- to have the capacity to be able to do what we feel God has called us to do, both with our, our, our space as well as our, our staff. Uh, we knew we were going to have to stretch um, for, for that goal, but again, we didn't quite get there, um, and we're going to see kind of the implications of that on this next slide, but I first wanted to say uh, we are encouraged with how close we did get uh, to that. 
On the next slide, you'll see how that, how those, how that income was allocated across our, our major expenditure categories. And there's just a couple that I'd like to, to highlight uh, in, in particular. In compensation and benefits, which is the largest portion uh, of, our, of our budget, um, because we knew last year was going to be a, a stretch for us uh, financially, uh, we decided to um, that that the the best way to mitigate that stretch would be to um, try to to tighten the, that compensation and benefits line as much as possible. And because so with that, uh, we had provided only we decided to provide only um, very very nominal pay increases for our staff, somewhere between um, a half a percent and one and a half percent, which was which was a, a, a challenge that we um, felt called to embrace, even in the face of inflation. We knew that it was something that we felt called to do um, in, in light of the stretch. Um, that was in front of us. The second thing I wanted to highlight is debt servicing. You can see that uh, last year uh, was the was the first year that we had to um, be, began servicing our debt in a more permanent way. Uh, we transitioned in August from interest-only payments to full uh, debt payments. And so the next year's budget, 2023, you're going to see that reflected. That number is going to go up because it's going to be the first time that we're going to be paying those full those full debt payments um, for a 12-month period. In the end, because we didn't quite hit our tithe target, and because we, we um, though we tried to, we we tried to, to to dial down our expenses. We did spend a little bit more than what we brought in. You can see um, that we finished the year at a deficit of, of just around sixty thousand dollars. And so, what I'd love to do is just jump to the next slide, and to show you how uh, what we're going to do um, about that. Um, the as you can see, we have just over $100,000 in reserves that we are going to use um, to offset last year's deficit. And um, while that's certainly enough to, to cover the deficit from, from last year, um, you can see that it's not uh, qu quite enough. It doesn't leave us a lot of margin moving forward if we were ever to face a year um, of, of negative net income. And so that is something that we are focusing on and, and really feel like we need to give uh, greater attention to. Um, for a church our size, the, the ideal amount of reserves would be somewhere between two and three months of income, which for us is between three hundred and $400,000. And so we really um, are just seeking the Lord and trusting him um, to lead us and to provide for us so that we can get those reserves back up to a healthier spot. The other thing on this screen that you can see is our is our current loan balance. Um, that is our, our we had about three million dollars in debt after the construction of, of this facility, and then uh, through our, our debt servicing from last year, as well as additional donations that came in towards the Roots project for 2022, we were able to use that to start bringing that that loan balance down. Um, but that is something that we just need to continue to focus on and and think about uh, moving forward. And that it's going to be, of course, um, al allocated and provided for in the 20. 2023 budget. And so um, before I jump into the to the budget for this year, I just wanted to just to you know say, well, okay, what are our learnings? What are our takeaways from this? What do we need to what do we need to recognize? What do we need to grow in? What do we need to do so that we can change and ultimately move towards a stronger and healthier financial future? And so we as a as a leadership team, you know, it, this has been a, a tighter season for us. It's been a challenge for us. Um, but we, we know that God has called us to be responsible over the, um, the God-given finances of this body. And so we feel the onus to, to make sure that we're doing everything on, on our part to either understand, both understand what's going on as well as make adjustments um, to what's going on. The first takeaway that we have um, from last year is really that, um, and this is not an excuse, it's just a reality, that inflation had a bigger impact on our um, budget than we had originally expected. It simply just costs us more to provide the same level of service and ministry for our community. And so that's something that we are uh, aware of now and are going to be trying, seeking to accommodate for as, as we move forward. We did notice that it was when our, the expenses and the income are continuing to, to, um, to grow, that when the, the difference between those two things continue to grow throughout the year, we did in, in institute a spending freeze um, for discretionary spending around September to hope to, to really finish the year in the black. But um, it wasn't quite enough. It was helpful, but not quite enough uh, to get us there. The second thing I, I would say is that... Um, this is the first time in our 11 plus years as a church that we've ended ended a year in a deficit. It's never it's never happened before. We've always either met our our tithe target or exceeded it, or we've spent less than we brought in. We've never had a deficit before, and so because this is uncharted territory for us, it really caused us to 
to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, well, we don't want to repeat that. What, do we, what, what can we do on our side to mitigate that, uh, mitigate that moving forward? And one of the things that we felt uh, led to do and, and um, have, have decided to do is, uh, is establish tighter financial controls um, within our staff in the areas of spending, which means that we're going to be more disciplined in the budgeting process, specifically at the ministry level. We're going to have greater training and accountability for our ministry leaders and for those who make exp expenses or make, make expenditures on behalf of the church. And, and we've really spent a lot of time cleaning up our accounting processes to make sure that the, the tracking and reporting that's going on remains highly effective for those who are, who are responsible for making financial decisions. So we feel like those three things uh, in and of themselves are really going to enable us on our side to, to do everything to control costs even as inflation continues continues to have an impact um, on our body. The final area uh, of opportunity that we, as we discussed and we felt was, with, was worth bringing up was, because um, that's the cost side, that's the expense side, but what about the revenue side? What about the income side? And, and, and I feel like with our income, there is ample opportunity for us. According to our survey, um, about 58% of our wage earners um, own the conviction of giving 10% or more of their income to the church. And so we, we believe that as we continue to, to be a people who stand on God's word, we look at God's word, we trust it, we surrender to it, we, we obey it, that that, that givenness, that financial givenness um, to our community and that ultimate surrender to the Lord is going to grow more and more over time. So that's something that we are going to be uh, focusing on as well. I'll close with uh, just looking at the 2023 budget. And so if we um, move forward, you can see that the, uh, next year our, our uh, forecasted income across our, our couple um, revenue streams, um, you can see that the total is just over $2 million. For that tithe forecast, I'll, I'll share uh, just our, the process that we go through when we do that and, and also the encouragement we feel around it for this year. Typically, when we forecast for, for a following year's income, we look at the give, current giving trends through the fall. So for starting in October um, through, through most of December, we look at those giving trends and then we, we forecast that over the next 52-week period by multiplying that number, that average, by 52, usually with, a, uh, with some growth added in so that we can reach our, our budgeted needs. For this year, we actually really encourage that the, that forecasted growth to meet our budget is only 6.5%. So that means our current giving is actually really healthy and really strong. When we finished the fall, we were in a really great place um, in terms of the week-to-week -week giving. And so for us to be able to, um, to meet our budget with only 6.5% means that we are, we are in that kind of making recovery and rebounding from, um, from some, of the, um, some of the maybe financial challenges that we've had in previous years. And so we are hopeful that that's going to set us up well um, to finish 2023 in a, in a much better place than we, than we finished 2022. On the next slide, you'll see how those expenditures are broken down. Again, there's going to be an increase in our compensation and benefits because um, of inflation and our desire to try to help our staff, staff out as best as we can to help them to accommodate to, to changes of cost of living. We decided to do a flat 2% increase uh, of, of compensation across the board. Just to, It's not quite going to get them there, but hopefully it will, it will help them out uh, a little bit. And then you can, of course, see that our debt servicing line um, is more than it was last year because we're going to be making those 12, 12 months of those full payments uh, on that debt. So, um, yeah, so that's a, that's a picture of where we're at as, as a community. And um, I think the final thing I just want to say is I'm actually full of faith and courage and confidence that uh, for what God has for us, not because of the things that we see on the screen, but because of who God is. The God that we serve is a good God. He's a faithful God. And, and we have built this church with a, a givenness and an absolute unswerving commitment to say, God, we're only going to go where you go. We're only going to move forward as you lead us forward. And be, as we continue to do that, we believe that he is going to lead us into, play, into seasons of blessing, and he's going to continue to provide for us so that our needs are always met. So thanks again for having me share, and at this time, I'd love to invite to Travis uh, up forward to take us away. Thanks, guys.
Well, uh, just to pick up where, where Andy left us off there, I think another one of the questions he was talking about, what do, what do we do? What do we learn from where we are? What, what's go, what's uh, transpired and, and uh, where we are in the life of our church? I think another question uh, that, that I've asked is like, how did we get here? You know, like what God, and, and really that's kind of personal in, in the way that there, there are challenges involved with this. I mean, even uh, the, the, the transparency wanted to do this, we knew that there would be a, a weightiness to it. Like, oh, okay, that's not good. Like, okay, so my question, even just personally, in leading my, uh, in leading my own heart, is how, how, God, did we get here? Are, are we supposed to be here? Is there something we did wrong, God? Is there, did we, did we miss something? It's uh, some of those moments in life where you come to the Lord, Lord and, and you're like, okay, God, you, you're with, you are with us, right? And you're just, you're, you're uh, kind of circling back at those wagons saying, no, you are with us and you have led us here and you're checking your own heart. And so that's kind of been the process uh, and the journey that uh, I can personally say that I've been on and, and particularly not even just for, for myself in a personal way, but what does that look like as, as someone who's been charged to lead the church? And, and so uh, we've been on that journey of, <clears throat> God, how did we get here? And that was helpful for me. And, uh, and I want to share it that a little bit of a timeline with you guys, because I, I hope it will be helpful for you. Um, and, and two, two reasons. Uh, one, I think uh, one of the reasons I want to share it is to be able to share gratitude for those of you who have been on this journey with us. That that uh, that there has been a, a a stretch here that's been that's been difficult in in the world that we live in. And uh, and I love the the opportunity that we've had to to pool together to to make it through. Uh, the second reason I, I want to share is this, um, because we found out in that survey that about half, just under half of, of our church uh, has been here for two years or less. So, so much of this journey that's led to this moment, you, you weren't here for. And so I just feel like, man, it'd be helpful to go on that journey real quickly, okay? So I wanna go back to 2017, which feels like ages ago in our world for some reason, how time works around COVID. But 2017, uh, the summer, we had uh, the, the, felt like God put the dream in our heart to build this sanctuary. And uh, at, at one level, it was like, God, I don't know if we wanna do that. We, we just wanna love people, and love, but it was very clear and we were excited. And uh, the, the church was really envisioned to do that. There was uh, a lot of excitement around around the building of this building as we shared that in 2018 and uh, just began preparing our hearts, drawing up plans. What would this look like? And uh, the, the, as the plans were drawn up, we came uh, to, to the... Um, the, the forecasting that it would be five and a half million dollars to build this building. And so uh, God gave us this plan that we would, as a church, raise three and a half million of that uh, and then service a loan of two million. All the while, uh, the, the, the big dream was, God, would you just take care of it all? Uh, God, would you do something you just supernatural to do it all? But by faith, um, we as a people, are we ready to commit to three and a half million uh, with, with where we are as a church? And part of that was that we're not going to start building the building until we raised two million. We just felt like the, the wisdom of God was uh, we need to make sure that we're all in this and, and committed before we move forward. So it was pretty amazing in 2019 as we began that, that fundraising process, uh, we were able to raise two million dollars. By the December of 2019, two million dollars had come in um, with pledges to get us to the, to, to the three and a half million dollars. And so we broke ground in February of 20. 2020 on this building and celebrated. Uh, it was an exciting day. Uh, you also might know what happened the next month uh, is that this little, little thing called coronavirus uh, became fully known and uh, began to transpire and and we kind of went back to the draw, or are we still doing this? But, but actually, uh, we were told you're kind of past, unless you're, you're ready to lose this amount of money, you're gonna, you're past the point of no return. We prayed through it and felt like actually God was saying to go forward. It, uh, it was, un it was interesting, but actually there was something uh, that, um, 
It was very peaceful about that situation where in the onset it was like, oh my goodness, this is the, the absolute wrong time to be uh, completing a, a, a financial campaign and building a building. And, uh, and, and, and yet there was this strange peace that we had that, that God was not surprised by the, this, uh, this pandemic. Uh, he knew what was coming. It was not something that we would have planned if we would have known what was coming. And so there was something about that that was just the, the peace of God leading us forward. And so uh, by his grace, uh, funds continue to come in. We, we, we built this building uh, and it, it was... Um, it was completed in 2021, and we uh, and we moved in and celebrated, and uh, and it has been an incredible blessing. Uh, I will say this: that as we came through 2020, um, that uh, as you know. We didn't have church for, for three, uh, four or five months in there. We began meeting again in August. And for the next six months, uh, we were uh, half the size that we were when we, uh, before, before the pandemic, at the beginning of 2020. Um, in 2021, our, our numbers begin to rebound um, to, uh, I think it was around 730 in 2021. And then as, as Andy reported, we're about 765 this past year. And that's not people that call Antioch home. That's uh, on, a, on a regular Sunday, how many people would be in attendance. Um, but in, in 2009, the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020, we were averaging about 850 people on a, on a Sunday. And so we have been slowly rebounding from that. And obviously with the church, um, your, your tithe income is directly related to the number of people that are tithing and, and, and uh, giving to the, to the house of the Lord. And so that's been a, a unique situation uh, for us to uh, over the last three years now, really, really uh, yeah, the last three years, of how do we uh, go kind of backwards with a, with a budget? How, how do we back down at the same time when our expenses with, the, with like a, a building and the amount of property that we're caring for is increasing? And I would describe that similarly to how I, a few weeks ago, uh, just shared a little bit personally in my own journey with the presence of the Lord and him teaching me to walk in his presence and, and how over the last several years, there's been uh, many just leadership challenges that have been difficult, that have been heartbreaking, that have caused me to, to rely on the nearness of the Lord like never before. And in some ways you could describe that as a, as a storm and, and just like coming under the shelter of his wing in the middle of the storm. Similarly, I would describe this, this these last few years as a, as a financial storm for our church as we entered into 2020. Um, we were uh, up to that point, like Andy shared, we've never, we never had, a, and, and hadn't until this year, actually, by the grace of God, had never had a, a year where we had not uh, met our budget, had brought in more than we spent. And uh, in 2020, 2019 and 2020, we had been preparing and growing a, a savings line that was uh, really creating a space for us to, to do loan repayment. And we felt like, well, we don't want to have to do that overnight. We want to begin to slowly build that when we knew that. That was coming. And so in 2020, uh, we had $180,000 in, in our budget just for loan repayment, preparing for that, even though it wasn't going to fully come yet. And part of that was the grace of God to help navigate through those seasons where we had more set aside, where there had been surplus in previous years. And so uh, through uh, 2020 and 2021, uh, we, we were able to spend, spend less in many areas, though our tithe income did, did, uh, dropped. And, uh, and so we were able to, by the grace of God and through what he had done before, uh, get to where we are today. And uh, it, it feels like it's been a, a bit of a storm. One of those storms that are fairly reflective of, of life <laughs> is, and, and again, for me personally, it's like, okay, there's personal storms though with my own finances that I've been in before. Okay, God, you gotta, we're, we're trusting in you in this way or we're taking this step of faith and, and, and doing this thing. But when, it's, when you're talking about the church, you're talking about the, the, okay, handling the, the wisdom of God to make right decisions and yet also faith in what God has spoken and how to rely upon him and, and walk through it, there has over and over again, again, been that place of, okay, God, you, you're with us. God, you are the one who leads us. And in, again, my own journey with that and just the feeling the weight of those things, it was another lesson that I've, been, I've, I've learned before, but learning at deeper and deeper levels, what does it look like to go to God and, and, uh, and take on his yoke? 
where it's his yoke that's easy, his burden that's light, because it doesn't feel like that, right? And so, um, so just walking through that, that journey with God has been one that always results in sweetness, but never a place that you actually want to have to be. And so walking through this, um, we have just been trusting God. And, and, and the thing that I want to say about, and that's why I kind of brought up the analogy of a storm, is that I, I want to say this uh, to, to bring a place of encouragement to you. I really feel as though we have weathered the storm. And, and it has been a storm just financially for our church in the way that, wow, we've had many surplus years and different things. And, and now we've, we've hit these lean years um, and, and have come through. Now we need to build up our surplus again and those types of things. But that number that Andy shared with you at the end, the six and a half percent, uh, that comes from a, a forecasting model that, that many, many churches use that we've used over the history of our church that's been up until 2020 was very accurate in kind of forecasting where we are and what can we look forward to. And six and a half percent is a very modest number. So the last couple of years where we're saying, man, this is a stretch, how are we gonna, hasn't been anywhere near six and a half percent. It's been like, God, you're gonna have to really provide or we're gonna have to pull on some savings or do some different things and, and narrow in. So to come up, uh, to come to a budget year, year where we're saying, oh, there, there's six and a half percent growth. That is what's considered a, a mild growth in the life of a, a church, particularly our size, to, to grow six and a half percent in our budget through that forecasting model. And so the, it feels, I, I just want to share that with you while there is a, a weightiness to some of what we've shared. And, and the reality is it has been weighty. I can, I can tell you that it's been weighty, but I, I feel encouraged that we're coming into a new year feeling like, while there's still work to be done, there, there's ground to be made up, uh, but we are, we are, we are moving forward uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a better place. I also want to uh, just note real quick before kind of transitioning a little bit here to a testimony I want to share is that, um, that when I shared the vision of, of the church building and taking on a $2 million loan, you're like, well, that doesn't match what was up on the screen, right? So we ended up with a $3 million loan and that happened almost split down the middle evenly, uh, $500,000 because the, the cost of the building was more. Part of that was because when, when, uh, when you get contractors and different things, there's often, it just is going to be a little more than, than you think. And then that was, that was really um, uh, exaggerated by, by the expenses of COVID with, with uh, labor demands and shortages and, and as well as building supply shortages. And so there was a $500,000 increase on the building of this building uh, as well. We did not, we came up $500,000 short in the, the full pledges coming in. And uh, that, that may not need to be explained that much, but when, uh, again, when our church uh, uh, decreased in numbers uh, the, and there was people that were, were uh, not, no longer a part of the church uh, that didn't continue their, their financial the pledge, understandably. And then there were others that just hit financial difficult times during that season. People lo lost their jobs and different things and weren't able to, to fulfill their pledge, which obviously is very understandable. And so that, this, that is the place that it, that it put us in with a greater loan than we had anticipated. And I, I'd say this in this journey, um, there, there may be, I would say maybe a, a low moment for, for our, our team was it actually in preparation for this 2022 budget. Yeah, we were kind of looking at things and, and being like, man, this has been a, a rough couple of years. And, and now we're, we're looking forward to this next year. And, and we're not sure how much brighter things appear. Um, we kind of come up with an ideal budget and it was... Um, it was 190,000 more than we felt like, than, than what we felt like we needed to budget for. And, uh, and so that was our ideal. So, but it was, it was, it, we were sad because part of that had to do with, um, like Andy said, paying our staff. Uh, just, uh, there, there was just some struggling with, with, with the costs of things and like, man, we, we need to pay more. We want to do more with benefits and we just can't right now. Or some of our ministries that um, we're like, okay, we're going to have to just kind of freeze the, 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 the ministry spending so the new initiatives and different things and we were just it was just sad we were like God again one of those moments you come to in your own personal life or what like God you you've led us here you're you're still with us right God there there's a there's a way that you're making right God and um and that 190,000 
um, as you saw, was what we, we knew was going to be coming in our, in our loan repayment, and so, uh, which was already part of the, the budget. But it was like, wow, if we could just, if, if God, if you would just wipe that out. We've been praying that for years. You would just wipe out the whole thing. Then that 100, then we would have the exact amount. And so we were like, God, you've got to do it, but just not feeling a lot of faith. Actually, uh, walking out of that meeting, feeling quite a bit of just like heaviness and, and angst. And so um, I don't know why we did this. But uh, we, we planned a pretty busy week where we, we had that on a Monday. And then we had our annual offsite uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So we have a three-day offsite just where our overseers um, go to just hear, hear God and to, to plan for the, for the future and to, to, to kind of wrap our, our hearts and minds around what he's doing and where he's leading us. And so uh, not ideal timing in that we get to that meeting that next morning um, and particularly for those of us involved in the, the budgeting process, uh, we're feeling very discouraged and like, okay, we're supposed to be like getting envisioned and like, what's the future hold? And we're like, I don't know, maybe nothing. You know, I don't know, you're just, you're, you're in that place. Uh, just like, how are, we, how, how are we supposed to do that when we're feeling this, this heaviness, you know? And um, we got a text that morning um, from an old friend who we hadn't talked to in a long time. In fact, she began her text saying, I hope this is still your number. And, um, and it was perhaps the, the, um, the, 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 the most encouraging pr- prophetic word that I had ever received. You know, that, that's what prophecy is. It's to build up, strengthen, and encourage. And, and it did that. So, you know, we had gone to bed that night before just feeling really discouraged and, uh, and heavy. And, and kind of with this dream, God, if you could just, you know, this dream that we've had for a year, this prayer, but it just feels like an out there kind of prayer. Would you just wipe the whole debt out? Like, just do it, God. Do something, God. Help us, God. And, um, and we get up that next morning and, and we have this, this text. I had a dream about you guys last night. So God, that night, had visited this, this woman that we, we were on staff with at a church in Boston years ago. And um, the, the night that we were feeling discouraged and supposed to get up this next morning and be envisioned, she has a dream that night. She says, you were in your new building and you had gotten some news that you were just totally blown away by. You were all, all caps, in complete awe, a massive celebration with confetti, etc. In the dream at first, I thought it was about how you celebrated getting into the new building, but quickly I came to understand that it was something you had been hoping for and believing for that maybe was like a pipe dream. I kept trying to listen to what it was, but I couldn't hear. But I woke with an immediate sense that there is something coming, almost like a surprise baby you've been longing for. Figuratively speaking, of course, praise God. Uh, (laughs) I I love my kids, but six is great. Um, But he said, something coming that will literally blow you away surprise you, a so soon Lord moment and something that you, your whole team will be able to celebrate in. Believing God is releasing seeds of faith to you guys today at a deeper measure. Bless you, my friends. And so it was just this incredible prophetic word, a dream that God gave this woman that she got up and she texted it first thing to us. And, uh, it did everything that the Bible says the prophetic word does. I mean, our, our faith was like, God sees us. He knows. He hears our cry. He is with us. Uh, even some of the things that she talked about, like um, the, the confetti. You guys don't know this, but uh, on the opening day of our, of our church, of this, I mean, of this building, uh, we, we seriously considered having confetti. We were just talking about how could we have, just like celebrate, just like how could we at some point have confetti go off? Just like celebrate the faithfulness of God that brought us to this point. Uh, we kind of last minute decided not to, um, but it was just funny that it was in the dream that they're celebrating with confetti. Um, and, and so for us, again, having just kind of come alive, like God, wipe this out. This feels like that pipe dream. You know, it was like, it feels like that pipe dream. And, uh, and so we, we were so encouraged and able to move through that day with faith that God's with us, he hears us and to be able to actually focus on other things that God's wanting to do and not feel, just be, be kind of swept up by this, this, uh, this heaviness. And, and then the next morning, uh, of this kind of three-day offsite, I get up and before our meetings start, I'm uh, spending time with God. And as I am, I, uh, 
and just reading, the, reading through my, my Bible reading. And then I feel like God kind of impresses me to pray about, about it, like the, about, this, about the dead. And like, God, can you, can you set us free? Will you, what, will you, what can you do? Um, and, and, but I did it for just a second and was reading again. And I felt like God said, no, I'm, I'm asking you to pray about this. So I prayed about it for like another few seconds and then got distracted with something. And finally, God was like, I'm trying to apprehend your heart to pray for something here. And so I kind of clued in. I was like, okay, God, yes, we, we need you. And the thing that began coming out of my mouth as I was praying is, God, we're stuck. I'm stuck. I don't, I don't know what to do. We, we've, up to this point, you've always given just, just wisdom and, and clarity, but we're, we feel stuck. How do we move forward here? God, we're, just, we're leaning into you. We need your help. You've got to come because we're stuck. And as I'm praying that, my phone rings and it's my wife, Joy. And on her way to, she, she had been on her way to drop the kids off at school and uh, the car had broken down on, on the side of the road. And, and so she calls me and she's immediately, she just exited the highway. She's at the intersection of, of Price and Warner. And she's like, I'm stuck on the side of the road. And uh, the, car, the car won't start. I don't know what's wrong with it. And I'm like, do I, do I need to come? What do you need? And she's like, actually, God sent somebody here to, to help us. And, uh, and I'm not thinking of the, oh, maybe you're already thinking of all the symbolism here, but like, she's like, God, I'm just still like, what's, what's going on? And, and, and she's like, yeah, God sent like this, I think he might be an angel is what she said. Um, he, he was right behind us and he stopped and he's got these red flags and he's getting all the traffic around us because it was rush hour traffic, like in a major intersection. And, uh, and he's gotten all the, and he said, do we need anything? Do you need me to help call or whatever? And, uh, and so he's been helping us. I called the tow truck, they're coming. I told the guy he could leave and he's like I'm not leaving I already called my work I told him I'm gonna be late I'm staying here until you guys until the tow truck gets here and you guys are gone and so uh, it was just this like again just like this prophetic happening I don't even know what to call it but just like I'm literally praying God we're stuck you've got to help and she's like, I'm stuck, but God sent someone to help. And uh, I'm like, okay, I'm encouraged. Cause I, you know, you wane, you get, you get the prophetic word and you're like full of faith, but then human beings kind of wane, right? And we get discouraged again. And so I'm sharing it like, God, he's gonna, he's gonna help us. He's, he's sending angels to help, you know, whatever. Uh, and then the third morning we wake up and we get another text and it's not a dream. It's not a prophetic happenstance. It is a, a word of the Lord that somebody has. It didn't know the, the financial things that we were feeling and going through and felt like, hey, God just highlighted you guys this morning. Uh, and I want to share this story out of Matthew 17, where uh, the disciples are feeling anxious about the temple tax that they owe and they don't have any money. And Jesus says, just go fishing and you'll find a coin in the fish's mouth. And so it was again, just this encouragement, just keep fishing. Like you're, you're called to be fishers of men. You've got, you've got vision and we're on this kind of vision offsite, like keep running with the vision and I will bring the provision that you need. And so God actually, you know, strangely enough in, the, in how he moves, we became quite encouraged. It was, it was like we came out of that retreat feeling the opposite that we went in. Like God has got us, God's with us. Um, and, uh, you know, I had read this uh, when we were first beginning to raise funds for this building, I was just trying, or, or we first knew we were going to begin a campaign. I started just reading like, what can I learn from people who have done this before? And uh, one article or something that I was reading was a pastor from somewhere in the South that was raising upwards of $20 million uh, for their building campaign. And they, they got it all in in a day. And uh, God was reminding of this, of me of this recently. And because in this article, he was actually lamenting I don't know if he was lamenting in the moment, but he was reflecting back and lamenting that we didn't actually take a journey of faith. And as God was reminding me of this, I'm like, I don't think I'd be lamenting. I, I won't lament. God, if you do that, I, I will be crying, but it will be happy tears. Um, but he was actually talking about the lament. And, and I started thinking about it a little more. Actually, God was just saying, son, that's, you know, sometimes that's the, that's the way it works. But often I started reflecting on the Bible and the, and the history of the church. And God is not typically a God who's just bringing uh, the, the places of surplus because he knows that we often will rely upon those, that we'll lean into surplus before we'll lean into God. And God has brought surplus. We have no problem with savings. We want to build back up the, the, the reserve. But, but I feel like God was saying, son, I've been taking you on a, on a journey 
to, so that so as a church, you will be a church that's prepared for all that I have in front of you because you know how to lean into me and trust me, that you're not trusting in surplus, you're not trusting in your forecasting models, you're not trusting in uh, your, your, own, your own wisdom or whatever it is, but I, I wanna teach you to, to, to lean into me as a church body. And so it's not the way I would have done it. And, and I'm not saying that we have done everything 100% correctly, but, but I, I would have had more surplus if it were me. I would have come, you know, because here, here's the honest truth. We got all of those words, and that's been over a year ago. And so much like, again, I think it may resonate personally, it hasn't felt like a so soon Lord moment right? Like that was over a year ago. I, for the next three weeks, I was like waking up every morning, like, okay, God, what's it going to be today? I'll be going on a jog. And I'm like, somebody going to just uh, pull over on the side of the road and say, God told me to give you $3 million. Like what's going to happen? God, how's this going to work? I don't know. Like, like it's so soon. Like, and, and now does it feel, it doesn't feel, so, but, but this is this, the story of the people of God walking with God and trusting him. And what, what will we do when we feel like the word of the Lord and the encouragement he's brought doesn't match what we thought or the, or the timing that we had placed on it? Or, uh, and, and are we gonna press into him and allow it to, to buoy faith and strengthen us as we walk committed to knowing that he is faithful, that he is trustworthy. And those are the decisions you make as you walk with God through, through, the, through the, the, the lean as well as the excess that, that God might provide. And so that's where we are. And, and that's the story, if I can just real quickly, and I know it's, we're gone a little bit longer this morning, but I just wanna wrap it up for the last three or four minutes here by, by saying this. I believe there's a picture for us in where we were already planning on kind of closing this, this series out of Exodus 33 by turning to Joshua 1. I know that's kind of cheating when you're saying you're doing a chapter study in Exodus 33 to finish the series in Joshua 1. But there, there's a real beautiful conclusion here to much of what was happening in the, in the book of Exodus and the beginning of the journey of the people of God towards the promised land to Joshua 1, where they're on the precipice of entering into the promised land and, and the, the book of Joshua about fully inheriting it. And so I wanna read just this passage of scripture over us as we just begin to prepare our hearts to respond to God. Joshua chapter one says this, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you and all the people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the, to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And so as God was sending his people across the Jordan River to inherit the promised land, we also recognize that there was danger there was this, this danger, there was wars to be fought, and yet there was this promise. The first promise was that the land is already yours. There, there's promises that God gives that are outside of the realm of us being able to fully touch them and, 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 and uh, have them into our possession. It's by faith that we own them. I remember, and maybe every church planter does this at some point in their journey, but when uh, we were uh, out here on a trip saying, God, are we supposed to plant a church out here? Uh, this was probably back in 2009 or something. And, and uh, I remember being, I don't even know what park it was. I think it was somewhere in South Scottsdale. And uh, we were just wa walking around uh, this park and God had put this passage. And I was just literally, God, you're gonna give us every step, that you know, every place we put our feet, we're gonna, uh, you're gonna give us that land where you're just saying there are promises in the heart of God and faith that he wants to release to his people. 
And so I believe he's releasing those promises. He's releasing those promises to us as a church that, that though uh, we're, we're, that there are things that are, that, that are coming, just like uh, here in Joshua 1, that in three days, they would be entering into the promises of God. They would be entering into the promises of God. And, and yet they're, they're, they were also on the brink of war. That's what, that's what they were coming into. So there was this excitement about finally we're here at the promised land. There's also fear. We, we know there was fear because three times here, he says, hey, don't be afraid. Don't, don't, don't be afraid, have courage because they, they needed that. And, and, and every time, and when he says that, um, the reason for not having fear is because I'm with you. I will never leave you or forsake you, so be strong and courageous, he says in verse five. In verse nine, he says, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And so the synopsis of this entire series is, is this, and it's the journey that the Israelites went on. God was establishing his presence among them that they would be a people of his presence that rely and depend on his presence so that they might be ready for this day when it was time for them to enter into the fullness of the promises of God, that they would fully be a people of his presence. Because if not, there would be too much fear, too much anxiety. Be strong and courageous because I'm with you. And, and, and so they recognize that they are a people of his presence so that they were then ready to enter into the promises of God. We're in a season where we're experiencing revival as a church like we never have before. I wish we had more time to share more testimonies of what God is doing in healing and, 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 and bringing breakthrough in marriages and, and salvation. And uh, we're just, there's, there's exciting things going on and we feel like yet at the same time, it's only the beginning. And so I'm encouraged by this, this story of Exodus 33, becoming a people of his presence that are then prepared to step into the fullness of the promises of God. Despite the fear, despite the anxiety, despite whatever may be going on around us. Even when we're talking about the things we're talking about today with this, the financial weightiness of some of what we're talking about, it feels like we're coming through to the other side. That we have weathered the storm, that we've leaned into God and that, that there's, there's, there's hope uh, for, for the future. And so I just wanna pray that over us. God, we wanna be a people of your presence that no matter what, what may come, whether it's uh, in, in the, the days that there, there is plenty or when the days that there is lack, that we would lean into you. I pray that over each of the families in this room, each of the individuals in this room. I pray that over us as a corporate body of believers, that we would be a people that, that lean into you, that are completely dependent upon your presence so that we would be rightly positioned to enter into the fullness of the promises of God. Lord, we love you and we trust you. We thank you that you are leading us. Would you continue to make a way for your kingdom to come, for your will to be done, for your church to be established as the pillar and support of truth in, in, in this city and beyond. Lord, we love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I wanna invite you to stand with me and we're just gonna respond real quickly here. Uh, we're gonna have our ministry team up here in the front because we just don't wanna leave without giving you an opportunity to receive prayer. We believe that God is, is, uh, is one who cares and who moves, who answers prayer. There may even be some things that you're going through personally that you kind of resonate with about what's being shared today. And God just saying, hey, I wanna be with you. I want you to lean into me. We would invite you to respond, um, but let's not delay. Uh, whatever God's doing in us, uh, let's respond to him. Coming and getting prayer, you're welcome to come to the front, but let's respond wholeheartedly to Jesus.